later on in the lyric, I have no choice but to hear your voice. I'm paraphrasing, but I was, wow, I really, that's exactly what I need. This is what the inner child in me needs to be heard. And now her voice is out here very loudly in the middle of Target in Brooklyn. And I have no choice but to hear her voice, you know? And I'm honoring that and I so loved by myself. And so I felt like I was taking care of that little girl inside of me. And it was so- This is the Illuminate Podcast and I am your host, Rebecca Boatman. I am fascinated with human relationships from going on first dates to understanding attachment styles and how our personal spiritual mission plays a big role in all of it. I created this podcast to invite you into conversations with inspiring leaders and I as we explore different topics surrounding dating, relationships, money, and spirituality. Before we start, make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And my one ask and a great way that you can contribute to the podcast is to leave a five-star review. And now let's jump in. Today's episode is with Dr. Hiba Khaled, co-founder of Embers, a well-being company that helps individuals and organizations recover from and prevent burnout. She is a leadership and well-being consultant as well as an educator. Hiba trained as a physician in the National Health Service in the UK before obtaining a master's degree in medical education from Harvard Medical School. Through her work at Harvard Kennedy School, she coached students from diverse backgrounds to help them achieve transformational results. Having experienced and recovered from burnout herself, she is passionate about helping clients in demanding careers recover from burnout while empowering them to build the capacity to thrive in their work and lives. A surfer, tea enthusiast, and avid reader. And Hiba is a member of ours, and she had such a powerful calibrate experience that I asked her to come on and share her story to unlock something inside of you. And now let's dive in. Well, welcome Hiba, who is a wonderful, wonderful woman and a meet the frequency student who's here to inspire us today and share her personal story, which I cannot wait. (laughs) And welcome, love. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Wonderful. So tell us, where are you in the world? I'm back in New York City. I've been traveling for the last month and I'm just back in the city. Wow. Where were you traveling? I was recently in Spain and Morocco and I just got back from Philly this morning. Wow. It probably feels good to be home. Mm-hmm. How did you come across this work to begin with? I found you on Instagram. It was through the algorithm. And I noticed that one of my friends was following you and I was, if she's following you, then I gotta, I gotta look a little harder. And then I started listening to your reels and I went through a deep dive one day, just down like this rabbit hole, listening to every reel and found myself like nodding violently at every, at everything (laughs) you were saying. (laughs) And so who is this woman? And I love her energy. So then I started following you and then It probably took me a few weeks before I signed up to the Meet the Frequency portal. But then once I did and started doing the work and I had attended one of your complimentary sessions before signing up. And I think it was right after the first one that I signed up to Meet the Frequency. And then after a couple of more complimentary sessions that I had signed up for, after doing the Meet the Frequency, I signed up for the Calibrate. (laughs) 
Okay. And so for those of you that are listening are like, what's Meet the Frequency? What's Calibrave? Meet the Frequency is our online membership that supports people in meeting the frequency of their heart's desires and partnership in life and your soul's purpose. And then a Calibrave, which is my favorite thing in the entire world, that is where you take a brave action step to calibrate to the frequency that you desire to be in. And it was so neat to witness your journey, Hiva, and to witness you inside the Calibrave experience. And I'm so grateful that she wants to come on as well and share about her experience. So let's just go right there with the Calibrave. Tell me what, what Calibrave was your favorite that you feel impacts you today? So people, the listeners can start to understand this whole Calibrave concept. Mm-hmm. My favorite one was the scariest one <laughs> because the first one I did on the list of five that you had given me. So it was, you had asked me to go into a pub- very public space, like a store and sing at the top of my lungs and play the air guitar <laughs> very loudly and just like take up space and be loud and then have someone record it for at least a minute. And I, when I started the Calibrave day, I thought this is the first one I have to do because I can. I can tell if I don't do this first, then I'm going to find excuses not to do it later on in the day. It was definitely my favorite one because it really pushed me way out of my comfort zone. Wow. Wow. So some people listening are like, oh my gosh, air guitar in a store. (laughs) That is crazy. I want to meet everyone where they're at. I want to meet Hiba where she's at. And even though I know that's challenging and that's going to, you know, really challenge her comfort zone after getting to know her through the sessions before the actual Calibrave day, I'm like, okay, she can do this. She, you know, she may not want to, <laughs> there may, there's going to be things that are going to present themselves. There's going to be fears, but I, she can see this through versus we have some ladies. I would not give that Calibrave to, because I want to set everyone up to win. Tell me, how do you feel that that one in particular, like what was your biggest aha that then presented itself through this Calibrave experience? It's so incredible, Rebecca, because we started that day with all the women together in community and I felt like I had this community of women hyping me up like getting me revved up for this big day and it was so beautiful to be held by them and to be holding them at the same time so I had decided I was going to go to Target in the middle of Brooklyn and to me this was a big deal you know on a Saturday afternoon or like Saturday late morning and there were going to be a lot of people there my heart rate was through the roof the whole way there. And I have this whoop tracker and it shows me my stress levels and my stress levels for the whole journey where I'm in the high zone. (laughs) And for me as a kid, I really love to dance and sing. And I come from a big family of seven children and I'm in in the middle-ish. And, you know, your siblings can be a little bit mean sometimes when you're growing up. And so they made fun of me when I used, I love Bollywood dancing. And so they would make fun of me when I would videotape myself doing it. And I think it shut down that part of me. That's one of the experiences, not the whole responsibility of it, but it kind of shut down that part of me that liked to be loud and seen. And so I have this fear of being seen for sure. And I think part of it is the underlying fear of being seen is the fear of being rejected. And so I was so nervous when I did it, but I knew that I had just started a business. I knew that the success of my business depended on me being more visible. Also, I knew that I was hiding parts of myself within all my relationships, really, like not just 
romantic ones, but with family, with friends, with my colleagues. And I wanted to be more aligned in how I show up in the world. For me, it was a big deal, a big important step in becoming more visible in a way that felt more aligned. So that's why I was willing to do it. Wow. What a powerful way to move through the fear of being seen. Hey, I'm going to go to the middle of one of the busiest cities in the world and (laughs) air guitar and just be free and be inside of my body and move and dance and not care what people think. And wow. I'm curious with the realization of shutting that part of you down when you were younger and then recognizing, oh, wow, I want to move beyond that. I want to be seen. I want to allow myself to be expressive. At what point did you have that realization? Have you known that for a while or is it something that came up big time in the process? I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of work on healing my inner child for the last few years, but I think the fear of being seen came up through the meet the frequency and through the Calibrave experience. And it was big aha moments, especially in the coaching sessions. There was also the fear of appearing brilliant, like, or owning up my, to my brilliance. And you had given me a Calibrave for that, which the first, doing the first one gave me so much confidence to do the second one. It definitely came through, through the Calibrave experience. And I really love the song that I picked because now when I look back on it, I'm like, wow, the words, the lyrics to this song, match exactly what this inner child was needing. So I remember in our session before I went out into the world, (laughs) I had said I I was gonna maybe dance to or sing to, uh, I just wanna dance with somebody or like a prayer, Madonna. And I ended up dancing and singing to like a prayer. And if you listen to the lyrics, I just started crying afterwards because I felt I was coming home to myself and I was honoring the voice that needed to be expressed. It says life is a mystery. Nope. Uh, Nope. Life is a mystery. Everyone must stand alone. I, I hear you call my name and it feels like home. And then later on in the lyrics, it says like, I have no choice, but to hear your voice. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I was like, wow, I really that's exactly what I need. This is what this inner child in me needs is to be heard. And now her voice is out here very loudly in the middle of Target in Brooklyn. And I have no choice but to hear her voice, you know, and I'm honoring that. And I, and I felt so loved by myself, you know? And so I felt like I was taking care of that little girl inside of me. And it was so beautiful. Wow, babe. I have Full goosebumps, full angel bumps. Wow. This reminds me so much of how, you know, sometimes when people join our membership or, our, you know, they're like, I want to manifest a partner. Well, a lot of people do. And then in the process, they realize, wow, what I was wanting more than anything was that exactly what you just shared. So with moving beyond the fear of being seen and and moving through it, like, right, not, not around it, not hiding from it, not pretending it's not there, which is also why I love the calibrates because anytime we put our physical body into an experience, because the body's the subconscious, those things come forward, which is so powerful to illuminate those things and through them because journaling is great. Meditating is great. We have all that inside the membership and we have to put our physical body through experiences 
to then move through to see things and move through them and on the other side. So how did you feel after you completed that Calibrave? It's made me more fearless in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying that I'm not scared of anything. I'm, I'm still scared, but I'm, I, I do think scared. You know, I know that what feels so scary and huge, the more scared I am of it or the more fear that arises, the more I need to step into it because the louder it gets, the more power it has over me. The only way to disempower this fear is to actually walk through it and to face it, to look at it, to ask what it needs from me. Like, what is it that this fear is trying to get my attention for? And then, so I've become, and I feel like I was doing this before, but maybe a little bit more gingerly. <laughs> and now I'm like a little bit more brave and courageous about it. I'm like, okay, this fear feels really loud today. And okay, let's sit together. Let's talk with each other and let's step through it together. And I just feel the Calibrave gave me the courage to disempower fear in a much more doable way because I survived <laughs> singing in Target. I, <laughs> I then like walked out feeling this high and immediately afterwards, I like got onto the subway and I saw this, this man and I made eye contact and I just stopped him and did my second Calibrave and said to him, Hey, excuse me. And I was like, uh, I just want you to know that I went to Harvard and I'm absolutely brilliant. Have a nice Saturday. <laughs> Walked away <laughs> and just like had this huge smile on my face and I felt so alive. And I think that's another thing that the Calibrave helped me do is I just feel instead of shying away from the fear, I'm more open to facing it because fear and excitement are have the same physiological response, releasing the adrenaline and cortisol, the stress hormone. And I just feel like there's so there's such a fine line between fear and excitement. And I don't want to live in a way that dulls my emotions or dampens my emotions. I want to feel the full spectrum of the human emotion. So for me to like truly feel joy, I need to be able to truly, truly feel fear. <laughs> and I'm okay with that because I know that to get to the side of the spectrum that we're all trying to get to, which is joy, I also need to be open to fear and grief and sadness in the same way that I'm open to all these other, other emotions. And I recently had, I, I recently did El Camino in Spain. I did this hike in Spain and. Which um, how many miles? I, it was like 70 miles, right? Something crazy. Well, you yeah, said in kilometers. Yeah, it's 120 kilometers. So I think it's divided by 1.6. So I don't know what that math is, but, but yeah, 70, 80 miles. And yeah, I did that over five days and I had a lot of time for introspection and cause a lot of it was, I did solo and in, within one of the stages or like every day I would go through the entire spectrum of human emotion <laughs> and I was just feeling it all on the path. And my intention for that trip was to just let go of anything that was no longer serving me and leave it all on the path and just to surrender and allow things to pass through me. And it was so beautiful because one moment I would be crying, one minute I would be like singing <laughs> in the woods by myself. Another minute I would feel ecstatic joy. Another minute I would feel sadness and grief. And I just allowed it and it was so beautiful because I'm like no emotion sits with me forever. Not the joy, not the sadness, not the grief, not the pain. And I feel life, has the beautiful 
ability to bring you to your knees, but it also, in that same way, it makes me feel so alive. Mm, wow. It's that you're the demonstration of being inside of life and reminding us that, yeah, the emotions only take minutes to actually pass through us and that it's okay to feel. It's actually what colors life and makes life so beautiful. And, you know, I never forgot learning that and how, if there's anyone listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I know I've, I, I have a hard time feeling what's so cool to remember is that it's our natural state. It's our, our natural state is to feel. And it sounds like your trip was such a cleansing experience. We're like, I'm going to cleanse. I'm going to leave it all here. I'm going to let it all go. And to walk through the forest, which the forest, they say actually loves our emotions. And so I imagine they're like, give me this, give me this. And you were just cleaning your whole field and emptying yourself. And in that emptiness, you have a clean slate. So what an inspiring trip, five days, 70 to 80 miles. Talk about bravery. Mm -hmm. And I just want to add to anyone who's listening, a big part of your meet the frequency is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And you talk about how that's like one of the most important things to do. It's one of the most essential steps. And I completely agree because two of my five days on the, on El Camino, we're all about forgiveness. I just intuitively felt like, what is today all about? And I never, I set the intention to just kind of be open to whatever the experience had to bring. I was a little bit worried that like five days wasn't going to be long enough. People plan this for years. They do the 900 kilometer hike from France or Portugal or other parts of Spain. Some people I met on the trail had even started their Camino in Poland eight years ago. So like, there's a lot of spectrum of how people do El Camino. I'm briefly pausing this episode to invite you to something very special. If you are ready to access bravery and to challenge your current sense of self and to step into and embody your new sense of self, one that is a frequency match for the partnership, for the things, for the life that you desire, then I invite you to explore my Meet the Frequency membership that is full of powerful step-by-step workshops to help you become a frequency match for the life that you desire. The link is in the description below and you can use code illuminate for $20 off. And now back to the episode. But um, I was worried like five days might not be long enough, but it's that, that path is a spiritual path and it gives you exactly what you need. If you have one day, five days, 30 days, it'll give you exactly what you need. And but for two of the five days, forgiveness was a big thing for me. And it was, my second day was my longest day. It was 41 kilometers so, or like 26 miles. It was the whole length of a marathon. And I woke up feeling not so good. I was in my red zone in my recovery on my watch. And I, I didn't feel physically that well. And I had my longest hike that day. And it was also the hardest part of my route. It was all uphill and it's so beautiful how metaphorical it all was. And I was alone the whole time. I didn't see a single pilgrim on my path because I took a less traveled path, not the most popular one. And it was so beautiful, the path. And I, the more I walked, the more like I started to feel better. But the big theme for that second day was forgiveness. And I love that it was my longest day, my hardest day, because it was hard physically, metaphorically, emotionally, mentally. 
And I felt a lot of tension come up in my body. And I was like, I need to let this go. I need to let this go. I need to forgive, forgive, forgive. And I was trying to forgive myself, forgive others. And the hardest person was to forgive was myself. And I was, it's okay. Like you've got a long day ahead of you. Just keep trying. Today, you're just going to keep trying. And I've done this work before forgiveness. But I think the important thing to remember is it doesn't stop. You have Mm. to do it over and over and over again. And even though I felt so much resistance on the day to forgive, the next day I woke up feeling much lighter. And then on the last day, in the last six and a half kilometers to Santiago, I just had this intuitive nudge again, like, it's time to forgive. And then I started forgiving my entire ancestral lineage, (laughs) like name by name. And then it was just for six and a half kilometers, I used the the beat of my feet on the ground to just forgive. And I kept repeating the same three lines over and over again. And once I got to Santiago, I just felt completely light. And I don't know, it was so beautiful. Wow. Wow. What were the same three lines? Was it I forgive, I forgive, I forgive? No, um, it's, I, I made, I adjusted like the Hawaiian prayer or the forgiveness prayer. I can't even say the name of it. Sorry. Hapono, Hapono. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hapono, Hapono. I adjusted it slightly. So it was, I forgive you. I thank you. I love you. And I started with my great grandparents on both sides of the family, then started with and all their children. And then I went straight to my grandparents, naming each one of them each one of my aunts and uncles, my parents, each one of my siblings, myself, all my nieces and nephews, any future generation that comes, all of my aunts and uncles, children and their children. And I, I don't know why, I don't know why I felt this intuitive nudge to do to do that along the way, but I just kept doing it and repeating and repeating it. And then by the time I got there, I just felt it. I was like, yeah, okay. I'm gonna have to do this again <laughs> at some point in my life and it's okay. But this felt like the right thing to do for this, this part of this journey. Wow. And then tell us more about the lightness and how you felt on that last day or, you know, once you moved all that energy to the forgiveness. So beautiful. I'm going to share openly because I'm trying to be more authentic and more open to who I am. And I'm scared to do it at the same time because (laughs) I feel like people will listen to this and think who is this crazy woman who's mystical and I don't know witchy and whatever else but I'll just share what happened on that so there was like the pilgrim's mass at the cathedral when you get there and it's at noon oh I I wish I could tell you about the whole last day because it was so beautiful and the whole journey was so beautiful I got to the I woke up early that morning to get to the pilgrim's mass at noon and you have to get there by 11 30 to be let in because they close the doors and I, I got up at like six, I got up before six and I set off the road at six and I was, it said on the maps, it's going to take four and a half hours to walk to Santiago from where I was. And I was, I'll do this in three hours. I'm going to get there and I'm going to do this quickly. And obviously El Camino was like, no, you're not. We're going <laughs> to. We see your agenda. <laughs> it's not the plan. <laughs> yeah. The point is not to get there quickly. The point is to do this properly you know and so like I the first kilometer of my journey I was doing felt so energetic had all this amazing energy and 
was, yeah, I'm going to get there fast. And then one kilometer in, I ran into this man, this older gentleman who it's a common phrase to say Buen Camino on the path. So I had turned to him and I said, Buen Camino. He's like, Buen Camino. And then he asked me a question in Spanish and I didn't misheard him because I was walking so fast. So I slowed down and went back to him and started talking to him. I was like, oh, pardon. And then he asked me again in Spanish and then realized like my Spanish isn't amazing. So he was like, I have nothing late. I'm like, see. And so then he asked me again in English. And then I really had to slow down because this was an 79-year-old gentleman who was doing El Camino. And in order to talk to him, I had to slow down my pace. And it was so beautiful because I ended up walking the next four kilometers with him. So about uh, just a little, yeah, like two miles or so or a little over two miles. And, and it was such a great lesson for me to slow down because, and he kept asking me, he's like, do you walk slow? I'm like, I walk real fast. He was like, if, if it says four hours, it's going to take me six. I'm like, well, if it says four hours, it's going to take me two and a half. But he said, why are you walking slowly? And I'm like, because I want to talk to you. And there was so much wisdom in that four kilometers that I did with him just by slowing down. I knew I was going to get to Santiago. I knew that we were both going to end up there. I just didn't need to do it in such a rush. And I think I need to remember that for myself because I'm an overachiever in general, hyperproductive. And, and I'm, I've been trying to, I now have a well-being company. I'm trying to teach people to like slow down from my own experience of having gone at full speed. And yeah, it was just such an amazing reminder. And for me, my dad had passed away nine years ago. So, and we were very close. And this man challenged me in all the ways that my dad would have challenged me. We walked together and it was so beautiful because it felt like I was walking the last stage, the, the beginning of the final stage with my father. And he had so much wisdom to give me and to offer me and just to learn from him, to talk to him, to share that part of the journey with him, with him was so beautiful. And then to also feel the sense of grief and sadness that I felt knowing I had to let him go. And it felt like I was saying goodbye to my father all over again. But what El Camino gave me the opportunity to do was thank him in a way I didn't get to thank my dad when he died suddenly. To say to him the things I wish I could have said to my dad. And then I, I did part ways with him after the four kilometers because I did want to get to the pilgrim's mass. And once I got to the mass, I <laughs> sat down in the pew. I'm not Catholic or anything, but it's like a pilgrim's mass for anyone who walks El Camino. And it was all in Spanish. So I didn't really, I was like, I'm not going to understand most of the stuff that's going to be said, but I can feel it. So I'm going to, I closed my eyes and I had my hands in my, my face in my hands. And I was just praying because along the way, people had asked me to say prayers for them. So once I got to cathedral, I just started praying and praying and praying, whatever was coming to me. And I started each prayer with God, if you're listening and would say whatever the prayer was. And I'm not a religious person really in any way. I just, I just said, God, if you're listening. And when my eyes were closed and the sermon was happening, I could feel the collective energy in that church inside my body. And I felt like the most powerful being that I've ever been in my whole life. I felt like I was this just holding this energy of the cathedral, this grand cathedral in Santiago in my body. And it was being channeled through me. And yeah. I was like, wow, I can, I, I don't know what's happening. I don't, 
I don't know what's being said, but I can feel it in my body. And what was so amazing was they have this huge, I don't know what it's called, but it's a huge thing that carries incense in it. And they only bring it out once every 11, uh, 11 times a year. And they have multiple services per day for pilgrims coming from all over the world. And the guy next to me turned around to me and said, hey, open your eyes, like watch what's happening. He's like, this only happens 11 times in the, uh, out of the year. And he's the heavens are open. Like any of your prayers are going to be answered now. And I was like, okay. And then this huge incense thing starts uh, swaying around in the cathedral. And at the end, the man next to me again, he's, can, he's like, I need to say something to you. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, while I was praying, he's like, I kept hearing the same message over and over again. He's like, it came through about four times and it wasn't for me. It was for you. And I was like, what is it? And he was, God heard your prayers. <laughs> I just started crying. Wow. It's like, who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Anyway, so that's the culmination of that trip. And I I can't even describe, like I I ended up talking to this man who was from Mexico, was also a physician like me. Uh, we ended up talking for a while and then my two friends who had met two days before on the on the track finally made it and then we like all celebrated had lunch together and then I went to my hotel where I got upgraded to the best room in the hotel and like I just felt all this magnetism and just so much joy and yeah I just felt joy and lightness and it's okay to be this happy it's okay to feel this light it's okay to allow myself to just be just be and Afterwards, I ended up going to Morocco and I, and I, there was this huge feeling of nostalgia, even though I'm not Moroccan, I've never been to Morocco before. A lot of my childhood summers were spent in Lebanon and Syria, where my family was, my extended family. And there were so many moments there that in Morocco where I felt like I was back in my childhood, enjoying an ice cream on the boardwalk at the beach, eating corn on the cob from the, from the streets and just visiting the markets and the Medina and like I just felt I was allowing myself to feel this childlike joy and it was beautiful mm, wow Hiba and that childlike joy is your soul's natural essence <laughs> and I keep thinking about the cleansing how you how this started with the forgiveness that I forgive I forgive and it's like clearing all that stuff clearing all of that out of the way and allowing that soul's expression that soul experience to come through and then hearing the story of the childlike joy and then the synchronicities oh my gosh that gave me tears in my eyes to think about that man turning to you and saying that and it's reminds me of how there's that river of magic there's that flow that's always here that's always happening and I we know when we're inside of it it's like undeniable and we know when we're not inside of it and we yeah. desire right to be inside of it. I always feel the quickest way into that flow is the cleansing, which is the forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, because that's my natural state is to experience those synchronicities is to feel, enjoy the ice cream and be present and be playful. And then also when sadness or anger, that stuff comes on to, to feel it. Like, what does a little kid do? They like, you see them freak out and then 
it's gone. And sometimes I'll look at kids and I'll think you're literally acting, but I'm like, wait, no, you're actually just, you know, how to process emotions quicker as humans. We like to stuff them down because, but that's changing because we are changing that as a collective and, and as individuals and as a collective, something I remind myself is that if I'm ever not feeling creative, if I'm ever not feeling in my heart, if I'm ever not feeling if I'm ever feeling like dull or shut down or like there's white noise, I don't know what's going on. My only job is to clean. My only job is to cleanse. Like, okay, let me cleanse this. And you can do something like what Hibis said. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. And I love that you talked about the importance of the forgiveness workshop. It is an intelligence. It is an aliveness and we can call upon it and work with it and talk about liberation talk about seeing the beauty in each day talk about just feeling and being a clean slate so here's Hibba and I cheering everyone on to do the the forgiveness work whether it's the Hopono prayer or the forgiveness workshop or just even asking what does that look like what would you say to someone who is on the fence of doing a Calibrave or joining the membership and really diving into this soul work joining your membership and actually committing to 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 doing the work the hard work because it's very hard it's not easy is once you go through the fear there is so much freedom on the other side and freedom to be more of yourself to accept and love yourself in a big way and it is the gift of radical self-love that you could possibly give yourself and the work that we do with you and that you've so graciously offered to the world is such a gift to the world because we, for me at least, like when I came through the other side and I'm still working through the meet the frequency portal, I just realized it's not about another person. We are constantly trying to feel validated in love, in acceptance, in whatever it is that we're trying to validate ourselves from externally. And we don't realize until you do the work that a lot of it has to come from you <laughs> first. And if it comes from you, it's unshakable. Like nothing externally can affect you in a way if you are validating yourself from the inside. If I get rejected by a potential partner or uh, by a job or whatever it is, it doesn't feel personal <laughs> because I'm like, I am worthy. I am it's not a, it's not a good fit. It's not aligned. You know, it doesn't change my worthiness for the work that I'm trying to get from my business or, or a partnership in a romantic sense or whatever it is. It's, it doesn't change my worthiness. If I get rejected, it just feels okay. Well, I trust has been a lot of my work this year is developing trust is that there is something better for me that is more aligned with my soul. <laughs> And knowing that when it's a no from this person or this, this client or whatever it is that like, there will be a bigger yes waiting on the other side of the no. And yeah, I've seen beautiful magic come out of that where I've said no to certain work that I've been offered because I felt it was way below the pay that I deserve. And in the past, I would have said yes, because it was a good opportunity or, and, and, you know, it would have been a good opportunity, but just. I was like, well, why aren't they paying me for it? Because I've got all these qualifications and actually I'm offering them quite a bit for 
of my time and my resources, my energy, my expertise. So I should get paid more than this. So I remember saying no to a job that I had to say no to twice because they tried to negotiate with me and I came back with a second no. And I was, man, they're really testing my nose. <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> this is really hard because these are also people who really supported me and opened doors for me. They totally respected them. And then that same night, I got a call offering with a similar job offer, but for like more than 11 times the amount and way more aligned offer. And it was just, I felt the universe was testing me. Like, do you really know your worth? Do you, are you sure you know? Here's are you the, really here's this new thing. person? Yeah, I'm going to test you and see, because I know that you would have said yes to this before. Mm-hmm. And now I, I feel like I've had enough experiences and, <laughs> and evidence to trust that anything that feels not working out, it's, it's probably just not working out yet, or there's a better opportunity waiting for me that I don't know about. So I feel a lot of trust is involved. I love that you said there's another opportunity for me that I don't know about. And it's to be in the unknown is where those opportunities can come through. So to be willing to say, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to manipulate it. I'm not going to force it. I'm just continuing to trust and to say yes or no. And I love that you said test because that does happen. It's like the recoil where as you start to, you surrender and own and desire something that, that you want and you put it out there. And then when you say no, you know, there can be another lesson that can happen, another test that comes up. And then there can be the recoil of, okay, are you going to go, you know, are you going to go back into those behaviors and, or into that old sense of self? Are you going to say, oh, actually my sense of self is aligned with this. This is what's important to me. And then there's, I feel that is where that uh, river of magic happens and the synchronicities happen. So it does sound like trust is definitely your word for this year is something that you've been developing. And it's such a beautiful reminder to be inside of, okay, what does it feel like to trust? What does it look like to trust? And even in dating, even in partnership and, and to continue to surrender to my soul's desires and work and in, in relationship. And man, sometimes those tests are loud and it's like, boom, boom, boom. Like they're like one. And the, I, the universe is like, okay, are you really this new person? And it's like, oh, like you can feel my insides. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, unco- it's an uncomfortable process. It's not like at all, yeah. like a walk in the park. It's not as magical. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel easy a lot of time. So I, I know I've like talked a lot about El Camino and how magical the whole experience was, but it wasn't, it didn't feel as, easy as I'm describing in some of these stories. I haven't shared the whole thing, but again, just the trust piece is it's okay. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it because I know I'm growing. I know there's like, this is where my growth edge every time I'm being tested. This is where my growth edge is. And I'm being asked to push the envelope a little bit further. Yeah. Inside me, the frequency, we call it the treasure tunnel because it feels like, okay, it's dark. I can't fully see, but there's all of these treasures. And then knowing we don't have to go through it alone. I think that's so important. I mean, there are, of course, things we go through alone. We go through within ourselves and we can express that process and we can be inside of a community of people who are also brave, who are also in massive responsibility, who are also creating the life of their dreams who are also facing the shadow, embracing their inner child and devoted to what they want to create in their lives in work. As you're saying, yes, no to 
certain offers and allowing and ally offers and in dating. I think that's another key piece that's so important is, okay, who are my close friends and who are the, who is the community that I surround myself with to support me inside of that process, which is so important, which is also why I love our community platform. It's called Circle. Any entrepreneurs listening to this, I highly recommend Circle. I'm obsessed with it. It's, I think, the best community platform out there right now. They invested recently 25 million into it and it's amazing. So I love having those spaces. And you guys, Hiva posted her video. So if you want to see, if you're inside the membership already, or if you, you know, when you join, you can go inside the circle and you can see her. <laughs> She shared it, which, uh, by the way, when you calibrate, you don't have to do that. It's optional. And I love that she shared it so we can all celebrate and, and witness exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. And it's funny because when I posted it, I hesitated and I was, no, I'm not posting that. And then I was, that's exactly why I need to post it, stepping through the fear again. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just, and then you just feel this, like, it's just sensations in the body. You know, it's simply just sensations in the body. I breathe through them and then they pass through. And I always feel like, like I time, I always say, I'm like, we let timeline hop in those moments, literally timeline hop. We open up whole new timelines and we, we allow ourselves to receive and, and, and start to open up to the magic that's inside that new timeline. So things don't need to take long. I think that's important to remember. And I'm curious Hiba, what is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with that are listening and they're feeling inspired? It, what, what else would you want to, do you want to leave everyone with? It sounds cliche, but it's true. Like the longest relationship you'll ever have is the one with yourself. So instead of trying to feel this desperation to like be with someone or because I, I felt that desperation too, or meet the expectation of other people about marriage, being somewhere at a certain point in your life, having children, you know, all these things that women are under societal expectations for. Instead of feeling sad or down about not being where you think you should be, I would say just enjoy the process. Get super curious with yourself. Get to know all the different versions of yourself through your evolution as a human being and the more open you are the more curious you are to that that journey the more open you are and curious you are to do that with another human being and actually when you are curious with yourself and they're fully accepting of who you are we're just naturally more accepting and loving towards someone else so that would be my takeaway from my own experience and I hope that resonates with someone <laughs> Mm, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And how can the listeners stalk you, find you? Where can they find you? Yes, uh, you can follow me at uh, the Hiba Khaled at, uh, on Instagram. I just opened up my first <laughs> professional account. So, and then you can follow us at our business. We have a well-being company that helps people with recovering and preventing burnout at embers underscore cc on instagram and you can find me i'm happy to connect on linkedin and i think i sent you all the links rebecca so people can find me there yes all of the links are below in the show notes so go message hiba tell her you loved the podcast and hiba thank you so much for 
being your brave self for leaning in for showing up and for sharing your beautiful journey. I mean, even saying yes to that hike and the wisdom that you gained as well. And for sharing that with us, it was absolutely beautiful. And I look forward to continuing to watch your journey unfold. And I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much for all the work that you do for women and just for bringing your energy and everything to us. It's such a gift. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed the episode and you can find a ton more free tips on my Instagram under Rebecca Boatman. If you are curious about my online membership and community, you can click the link that is in the description and see the page that explains everything you get to support you on your journey to attracting and building a healthy relationship. And I hope to see you inside.